RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Today's daily Star Trek news is supported by listeners like you, patrons through Patreon. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. Hello and welcome to your daily Star Trek news from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. I'm Alison Pitt, and today is Tuesday, May 21st, 2019. On today's show, stars of Discovery explain what makes Captain Picard inspirational. Star Trek and Godzilla designer Scott Shambliss talks about redesigning icons. And comic book writers David and Scott Tipton preview the Q Conflict, issue number four. All this, plus this week's Trek trivia, coming up next. It isn't just Star Trek fans who think Captain Picard is inspirational. Star Trek actors think he is too. Comicbook.com brings us news this week of a new short video from CBS, in which some of the Star Trek Discovery cast and showrunner and Star Trek head Alex Kurtzman explain why they think Sir Patrick Stewart's character is so iconic. Kurtzman said of Picard, In some ways he is the ultimate captain, and he's the ultimate captain because of his incredible decency, because of his incredible thoughtfulness, because he was always human, fundamentally, in the choices that he made even when the pressure was really, really high. Mary Wiseman, who plays Ensign Sylvia Tilly on Discovery, referenced Stewart's Royal Shakespeare Company training, and that the combination of that and the Star Trek franchise is, in her words, so special. Wilson Cruz, whose character Dr. Hugh Culber has been through literal death and rebirth on Discovery, said of Picard, He, for me, was the ultimate captain, the ultimate leader. I think right now, in this moment, we are all looking anywhere and everywhere we can for true signs of leadership, and I think Picard is a great model for that. The video is the first in what is sure to be a steady stream of promotional material for the upcoming Star Trek Picard, expected to debut later this year. What does Star Trek have in common with Godzilla? If you are Scott Shambliss, a lot more than you might think. Sci-Fi Wire brought us an interview yesterday with Shambliss, who is the production designer on the upcoming film Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Shambliss started his career as a set designer on Broadway, but after connecting with then-up-and-coming director J.J. Abrams, he took the leap from stage to television, and then to films. With J.J. Abrams, he was a production designer for Felicity and Alias, and eventually Star Trek 2009. Since then, he's made a name for himself on films like Cowboys and Aliens, Tomorrowland, and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Shambliss spoke to Sci-Fi Wire about how his work on Star Trek influenced designs for the latest Godzilla movie. When asked about how much freedom he had designing the monsters and sets for Godzilla, he said, We had as much freedom as we wanted. And one of the things about this, it was kind of like when JJ and I were approaching Star Trek. The whole point of view the first time was, we're going to take the material seriously, 
and really pay tribute to what Roddenberry's intentions were. The Starship Enterprise, of course, was the big icon of the show. We had to take that seriously in terms of what it represented, but that didn't in any way mean that we had to reproduce it literally, or just tweak it a little bit and send it off again. He also talked about difficulties he had while working on Star Trek Into Darkness, and the decisions he had to make as a production designer. One particular story related to a set design they just couldn't figure out, so he and J.J. Abrams worked it backwards. He said, It was an environment we could never quite figure out exactly what we wanted the story to be. And at the end of the day, we kind of worked backward. It's like, okay, this basically needs to be a playground for this to happen, this to happen, him to jump from somewhere and that to happen... Shambliss went on to describe how he used the inspiration of the Roman Colosseum as an eventual solution in that scene, but that production realities meant it would never be perfect. He said, Because that happened so late in the day and the money was an issue, I was never really satisfied that we got the richest environment and story that we could have. But at the end of the day, I don't think it did serious damage to the storytelling. You can see Scott Shambliss' latest production design work, including his monster design, in the upcoming film Godzilla, King of the Monsters, out in cinemas May 31st. The IDW comic book series The Q Conflict is an epic Star Trek crossover involving crews from four of Trek's most beloved series, and the latest issue, number four, is due out later this week. Writers David and Scott Tipton talked to StarTrek.com this week about what to expect from the fourth installment in the series. When asked what challenges they faced working with multiple crews and therefore multiple fan bases, Scott Tipton said, I think the biggest challenge is making sure that each series and its characters get their due and their time in the spotlight. We're working really hard to make sure that the DS9 and Voyager crews are as much in the thick of things as the TOS and TNG crews are. And while neither writer would commit to which of the four teams was their favorite, they did give some hints as to the fates of the crews. David Tipton said, I think as we will see in issue four and later, in many ways the competition between the teams is not quite as important as it was initially as the stakes become higher and events begin to eclipse a mere contest. Scott also declined to choose a team, but he did say that Kirk's team was the most fun to write. In his words, as always, Captain Kirk remains unflappable. David also left readers with some parting, teasing words regarding the end of the issue. Issue 4 does not end the way you might expect. That's all I can say for now. The Q Conflict issue number four of six is due in stores tomorrow, May 22nd. Up next, it's Trek Trivia Tuesday, but first, a word from me. This show is made possible by contributions from listeners like you. From as little as a dollar a month, you can help me keep the show running by offsetting some of my production costs and allowing me to concentrate on bringing you the best Star Trek content as it happens. To find out how you can be a part of the Daily Star Trek News family, just head on over to patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek News. That's patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek News. And a big thanks to you for supporting this show. Thank you.
And now, the moment you've all been waiting for, it's Trek Trivia Tuesday. Did you know? What's commonly known as the Vulcan Salute is actually an adaptation of a Jewish hand symbol. In honor of Jewish History Month, StarTrek.com has an article explaining the hand symbol's origins and how it came to be associated with Star Trek. Quoting the piece, Though most of us immediately recognize the salute as the Vulcan greeting, its true origin comes directly from the Torah. It represents the Jewish priestly blessing of the descendants of Aaron. Aaron is the Jewish high priest, and the sons of Aaron are priests, or the Kohanim. It was Leonard Nimoy who first suggested that the hand symbol be used as a Vulcan greeting. So now, a trivia question for you. The Vulcan salute is easily recognizable today to Star Trek fans, but in which Star Trek episode did it first appear on screen? Find out on Friday's episode of Daily Star Trek News. Well, that's it for today's Daily Star Trek News from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. For more great Star Trek podcasts, be sure to check out podcasts.roddenberry.com. This show is supported by people like you, patrons through Patreon. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. If you'd like to get in touch with me, just shoot me an email at info at dailystartreknews.com or find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Daily Trek News. I'm Alison Pitt. Live long and prosper. Podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network